0: Welcome to the Sip Advisor podcast, brought to you by Imbibe UK, the leading magazine and website for the UK drinks industry. Presented by me, Imbibe Editor Robin Black, me, Deputy Editor Millie Millican,
1: and me, News Editor Jacopo Mazzeo. Welcome to a special episode of SIP Advisor podcast. This is Imbibe News Editor Jacopo Mazzeo, and on this episode we'll be talking about natural wine. Earlier this year, France wrote a new chapter in the history of natural wine. The National Institute of Origin and Quality, which regulates French wine denominations, and the General Directorate for Competition, Consumption and Fraud Prevention, have established Van Method Nature as the official labeling term for what has been thus far commonly known as natural wine. The new term is the result of a charter proposed by the French Union for the Defense of Natural Wines Uh, which is an association of wine growers convinced that the term natural wine is often being improperly used. Indeed both fans and detractors of natural wine have often highlighted that the lack of any official certification has always represented an issue. Now the new Vanmetteaut Natuur Charter features 12 rules that producers need to abide by to be allowed to use the term on their labels. Among these Grapes must be certified organic and unharvested and wine growers can't use additives, no traumatic techniques such as reverse osmosis and need to ferment with indigenous yeast. The final wine should contain a maximum of 30 milligrams per liter of SO2. For now, the labelling is only at play in France, but the Union for the Defense of Natural Wines aims to expand its scope to the entire European continent, and perhaps beyond. To understand what implications uh, this development could have on the natural wine movement and on the market, we ask some of the world's leading experts on the subject. First up is Jacques Roger. He is a Loire Valley winemaker and founder of the Union for the Defense of Natural Wines, which is the association behind the Van Metal Nature certification. Jacques unfortunately cannot speak English, so we have translated his answers and asked one of our invite team members to read them out for you. Jacques, what motivated your decision to create a charter for natural wine?
0: Following the success of natural wine with wine drinkers, we noticed that some unscrupulous producers and distributors supplied beverages that were actually very far from natural, using synthetic chemistry to take commercial advantage of the natural wine trend. That's why we wanted to formalise a definition of natural wine, for the benefit of consumers, so that the wines labelled as such were genuine natural wines.
1: How did you come up with the 12 criteria and agree on them?
0: First of all, I want to say that this definition isn't new, and we don't claim we came up with it. It was commonly agreed for 20 years by most players in the world of natural wine. Simply, it wasn't legally recognised. Following a conference that we, the Union for the Defence of Natural Wines, organised in Paris at La Belle Viloise to discuss necessity to define natural wine, we came to the conclusion that winemakers' engagement was essential to formalise this pre-existing definition, so that's exactly what we set out to do, working in small groups.
1: Do you plan to expand the scope of the union to other countries? Other
0: countries, including Switzerland, Chile and Spain, have already drawn inspiration from our charter, and we would love to see an international federation emerge.
1: The charter allows for a maximum of 30 milligrams per liter of SO2 in the bottle wine. How is it possible to know when and how much sulfite has been added?
0: The producer has to provide the results of a mandatory analysis, the cofrac Franz Paul test, and receive the Van Natuur accreditation.
1: Some natural wine producers, journalists, critics and drinkers see this charter, or any other official definition for that matter, as a threat to the natural wine movement itself. Why do you think that's the case? What is it that they worry about?
0: Our key objective when we created this union was to allow natural wine to keep existing as there was too much abuse of its loose unofficial definition. Wine with chemical inputs or wine made with grapes from conventional farming, etc. The definition itself has never been questioned. There's a real consensus around it. But now the Charter probably hinders some of those operators who used to benefit from a lack of official definition.
1: Now that the definition of natural wine has been clearly identified by the Charter, what's stopping such producers from releasing certified natural wines?
0: In my opinion, not having a clearly defined charter is a bigger threat. The lack of a charter would mean leaving the door open to industrial producers to do as they please. It's a lot easier for artisanal producers to comply with our charter, but if an industrial producer complies, and we will double-check that they do, that's great news for wine drinkers. It was the same situation with the Vin de France designation, which was originally created for industrial producers, but majorly benefited artisanal producers.
1: When are we going to see the first official Van Maitre Nature wines on the market?
0: Some are already on the market.
1: And what are your next steps?
0: With the union, we are now focusing on growing our producer base.
1: Thank you, Jack. Next up is Doug Bregg, Sales and Marketing Director at Leading Wine Importer and Distributor Le Carve de Pirenes, as well as one of the leading figures in the natural wine universe. Hello, how are you doing? I'm okay, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. Thanks again for uh, agreeing to take part in this. What's your take on the new uh, French natural wine certification?
2: Well, I think like the, Ch- the Chinese revolution, it's too soon to tell. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm inherently, uh, and this is more of an emotional thing uh, against any sort of classification for natural wines, because for me, the whole thing is that these are growers who are working, who are individuals, who are working in their own particular way, have been working in their own way. And then to have it codified by a, a, a body that certifies app- appellation when not even the the Appalachians are particularly coherently, you know, strategized, I think is, is, is a bit silly. I mean, having said that, I do understand the point behind it. I do understand that people are, are a bit curious about what natural wine is and they want some parameters. But for me, the parameters are, you know, to do with milligrams of sulfur. It's not what natural wine is all about. It's a more holistic uh, way of looking at the winemaking process, so I think as soon as also as soon as bureaucratic bodies get involved in things um, I'm a bit suspicious of the of the motivation behind it. is it to try to control to try to control a movement which is by its very definition amorphous
1: do you think that criticism comes partly from the fact that this charter resembles that of a conventional appellation
2: yes i well i i don't from the growers point of view, I can see that they want to be recognized as making Appalachian wines, but some of the growers involved, you know, are just making vin de France anyway, because they've never thought the Appalachian really amounted to much. So I don't understand why they would agree to be part of this. Surely they want the freedom to do what they what they should be doing. But again, they want to be recognized by their peers and by the authorities to say we are making wines which are legitimately natural. Look, we passed this number of things in, the, in a in a specific charter. Um, so I understand the motivation from the growers. I just don't understand why you would particularly want an appellation authority, an official body, to get involved when you, there are so many other bodies that um, can certify the very same. So, for example, there's Nature on Progress, you know, which is which which has got very strict rules behind, you know, who you can who can be in that group. So if you want to belong to a group, belong to a, another group. But the more we split these groups, I mean, what, is a grower going to belong to five different groups because they satisfy the criteria for each one? It just becomes more and more confusing. So that's why I think natural wine is like, it, it, it it's a pulsing living thing, and it's about the personality of the people and what they do on a day-to-day basis. Nothing to do with, like, you have to follow these 10 golden rules. It seems to be you know, a bit ridiculous.
1: The charter doesn't mention the size of the business. Potentially a very large producer could now legally label as natural wine some of its products.
2: Yes. I mean, again, I'm sort of conflicted. So if, if, a, if a big brand wants to make a natural wine and submit that brand into that categorization, they can do it. So they can have like, they can have t- a thousand hectares and they can parcel off maybe five hectares and make a no-sulfur-added, you know, wine from organically grown grapes, well, then they belong to that. So you're going to get some strange bedfellows if, if you are to strictly observe those criteria. But, uh, you know, there's, oh, just as there's more to natural wine than no-sulfur added it, to me, it's all about the spirit of the endeavor. So, you know, uh, it's small-scale farming, for me uh it's a it's a way of life uh you know that that these growers observe that's that's part and parcel of it but i don't see it as as part of the of the charter um i see it as as a numbers game and as a club uh nothing wrong with that but but that's only part of the story of what natural wine is all about
1: is there a risk that at some point the market will be flooded by a range of different natural wine certifications and then confuse the consumer even more, like it's the case for organic wine, for instance.
2: Yeah, I mean, here we're all about, like, is is it, can it not be organic or biodynamic or natural but not have the label? So, you know, we, we, we work with a lot of growers whose wines are not certified, but I know how they work, you know, and we can, tell the story about how they work because you can be organic and you can still work in a pretty dodgy way and you can add all sorts of things to the wine in the winery. Organic is, and the mere fact there are so many different organic certifying bodies is incredibly confusing because they mean different things and to different bodies and different things in different countries as well. So organic in the States means organic, winemaking, organic production, you know, not using additives, but, but elsewhere, it just means, you know, not using certain chemicals in the vineyard. And, you know, it, it means no more than lute raisiné almost, in that respect. So, um, I'm, I, I think that consumers are confused, they know what they want. Um, they know they want things from organically grown things. But I, I think provenance, For us, is more important to know how something is made, where it comes from. It's part of an education process that will last probably beyond my lifetime. But, but more information is better. But I don't think, I don't think numbers is particularly, or or charters particularly makes any difference. We're going to end up spending more time reading the label than we are drinking the contents of the bottle. So as a consumer, is it more important
1: that one establishes a connection with the producer rather than simply look for
2: information on a label? I think it helps if you understand the spirit in which the wine is is made, that, that when you drink a natural wine, you feel the wine, you sense it. Not in a very analytical way, so you're not looking for the different elements of the wine, you're looking for the whole experience. It's really useful if you do feel a connection to where things come from. I mean, we do with food, so I don't understand why we wouldn't with wine. Wine is not some separate branded thing. So, you know, like the way, we, you know, we're buying increasingly from specific farmers for food and the and the way even supermarkets are beginning to sell us the story behind food products. And then wine is somehow regarded as this sort of stable thing or this thing which can be so easily categorized. Um I don't honestly care whether it's called organic or not. Of course, it's really important to me. It it would make no sense for for people not to farm organically. You know, it, it's just a much, you know, not only just for the future and for ethical reasons, it's just you, you get better results with your grapes. So if you want to make good wine, you've got to, you know, be you've got to have a certain quality of farming. That's not the issue because I think we've gone beyond that. And then it's, how much stuff do you want in your wine? It's like, do you really know what there is in your wine? Uh, But then I don't also feel, yeah, you could have a list of ingredients in the back of it and processes, but that's, I feel that we should get away from all that. I think we should like, we should assume that people want to drink better and to try to sort of encourage them to drink better and give them the reasons to drink better by telling them a bit more about wine and how it's a livelihood for a farmer and not just a sort of, a product in a bottle with a label and, you know, and a a set of rules around it.
1: The lack of an official definition is one of the main sources of criticism for natural wine, but faulty wines is another. This charter doesn't touch on wine quality issues at all. For a natural wine certification to be valid then, should wine quality
2: be part of it? Um, probably, I mean, uh, the, <laughs> I mean, this goes for any Appalachian wine, you know, like things, I mean, there's a lot of bad wine made in the world and not, to, it's not all natural, obviously. <laughs> um, but for me, like, you know, a, a bad natural wine is a bad wine. A bad conventional wine is a bad wine. Um, I don't, if, if natural wine is a gimmick, um, or a club for people to belong to with regardless of quality, then there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of point behind it, because then it will give natural wine a bad name. Uh, so one has to consider that um, that that there is a sort of a quality element in it. But then, who's making those judgments? You know, who's who who is judging the other wines? And I, you could see that people might fall out about this because wines could be disqualified for showing I don't know a certain. May not they may not be faulty, but they may not. Be judged to be good enough within this category. If you're just looking at the numbers, if it's just like anything below, I don't know, 20 milligrams of sulfur, I don't understand, you know, naturally occurring, whatever, I don't understand. That's meaningless, basically. Anyone can make a no sulfur wine, you know, and, and even from organic grapes, but surely there's more to it than that. Um, there has to be a quality to it, but there also has to be a lot more of a story behind it, a lot more a sense of a of a unified farming endeavour and, you know, a philosophy, if you like, as well. What do you think
1: is going to be the impact of these new regulations on the trade? Is it going
2: to change the way you source your wines? Uh, no, because I think people, you know, I mean, natural wine is still a niche um, in, in, in the UK. So people follow growers and, you know, they follow the stories and they visit the vineyards and the they go to the wine fairs and they, they trust in their local retailers and wine merchants and natural wine bars. So just because someone plastered something on the front of the back of the label doesn't, doesn't really matter. I mean, I, you know, we have, we, we have growers who put no information on their labels and they're still cult. I use that word, horrible word, and, you know, advisedly. They're still cult wines. So it doesn't matter what they put, you know, whether they went from Appalachian, like Alexander Bain to Vin de France. Still Alexander Bain were buying, we were never buying Prefume. Um, again, I don't think it'll, it may help for supermarkets to buy these wines because there'll be supermarkets, the ones who are looking for something very specific, like a, a catch-all definition. But for natural wine importers, and wine bars, wine shops, and even the customers who are drinking it already, the drinkers, I don't think it's going to make any difference. Just like knowing something, for example, there's already like AAA in Italy. It's great, you know. Like these are these are the these were the forerunners of the Van Natur thing in France, but they were in Italy. And a AAA estate does it all the right way. But do I think it sells more wine because it is AAA status? To certain people, probably they they regard it as a badge of honor. But it's not so important for us. It's always the wine and the grower. Great. Thanks, Doug. Thanks very
1: much for your time. Our third and last interview for this natural wine special is with Alice Firing, American journalist and author, widely known as an advocate for natural wine. First of all, I would like to know what was your reaction when you heard of the new French natural wine charter? I
3: heard first heard about it um good for them i mean i understand where it comes from you the anger about having to destroy wine that sebastian had to do obviously some some action needs to be taken so this kind of um, action by the government uh doesn't continue to go on uh so i was glad something was being done about that I was glad that there were really good people behind it. However, how effective it's going to be, I don't know. You know, I hope I hope it does some good.
1: So is this just a French reaction to a French problem? Is criticism simply originating from importing countries that clearly see the issue from a different perspective?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's um, a lot of the commentary that I've seen has missed the point. It's like some people are saying, it's not in the spirit of a uh, natural wine, which is, you know, it's like, they're just reacting to the notion of certification and not understanding why and why people thought it was needed. And it's extremely short sighted. Um, wine Spectator actually had probably one of the best articles about it. Um, that Susan, Suzanne Stitch did. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I don't understand why it's getting so much attention internationally. I think it's because it's the first time a greater organization, the INAO, had re- recognized that there was something as natural wine. That is the only thing about this that's worthy of international attention. Because government has not, no government has really acknowledged, actually except Georgian government, has acknowledged that there is something called natural wine. So a lot of the stories, I think, are just irrelevant.
1: What makes it so difficult and tricky to regulate natural wine?
3: Only because there are certain rules, it seems like an anarchistic movement. But also, most people who started making natural wine are really not people who want to be certified, not want to be. governed by actually silly, silly rules that's going to tell people what a wine should taste like. That is outside of you know, um, the nature of what natural wine is. But, so that's one thing. That's an emotional anarchistic thing. But the other important part is that there's so many variables. I and mean, when we started talking about natural wine even 10 years ago, natural wine is an ideal, not necessarily a rule book. So there are variables in nature. So in 2018, there are people who live their life completely naturally, who have, you know, like compostable toilets in their, in their home. And, you know, everything is completely, you know, by the, the green rule book of how they want to live. And it's not by anybody else's rule book. It's just internally, they are natural people. They make natural wine. And in 2018, a lot of these people had to yeast their wine for the first time because nature just did not work and they couldn't afford to lose it. So I don't know. What do you do then? You know, what do you do then? I'm not, I'm not naming names here. I know several names that would shock people and are completely paragons of the natural wine movement. We need to live in a culture where those people are not terrified of saying that they used to their wines. As long as natural wine is an ideal where you, this is the way I live my life, this is what is supposed to happen, but if it doesn't, they're not blackballed. As when you have rules, that's what happens. When natural wine is a philosophy, then you are not smacked on your knuckles if something goes wrong. And you know, what if you have to filter? Sometimes you do, you know, you have a lot of rot. You've got to, actually, small filtration is allowed by the new laws. So, um, or the new regulations. But anyway, so that's why one thing, it's really, really hard to, there's so many variables that that's why it's really hard to play by a rule book. So according to um, the, um, was it like Van Method Nature, Basically, you have to reapply every year because they know that this happens. But I don't know what, what will happen to that one person if they have the regulation and then they drop it one year. I don't know. It's really just be- best to have complete transparency.
1: What are the potential drawbacks of this new charter? Things like the size of the producer or quality control?
3: I, don't, I personally, I don't see anything wrong with if you're... a. Uh, if you are a large landholder and you have five hectares that is just designated to making your natural wine, I think, I mean, honestly, I mean, it means that those five hectares are being cared for in a different way and being made in a different way. Um, and I know that a large part of the impetus for doing this is to prevent the fakery of large manufacturers of of wine, of wine people. So like a large, um, huge domains who are making wine, supermarket natural wines and using the word nature or natural. And so this was done to try to stop that specifically. So if they play by all these rules, really there's no reason if it's, you know, if it's handpicked, if it's um, natural yeast, no filtration, blah, 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 blah. Really, I think that there needs to be something that it really needs to be separated from the other brand because then it's like the other things are assumed it's natural by association, and that's a big problem.
1: Can this new natural wine charter be beneficial to the movement?
3: Well, I think that one thing that it will do is that it might uh, it might accelerate something on the EU on the, to have a more broad um, yeah list of regulations and protections by the EU, perhaps. And I do think it is of value to the consumer. Every time, like last night, I was doing an event on Zoom for like like 55 people. And they are like, well, how can we tell everybody wants to know? Like not everybody is geeking out and doing their research and finding out and visiting. And so that, certainly not everybody, they want to be able to go into shop and trust it. So if they see the label, you know, especially the, you know, wine by nature, no sulfites added, no matter what it tastes like, they know they're getting a natural wine.
1: So you're expecting to see more certifications or even the birth of a European charter?
3: Yeah, the EU has been talking about it a long time. And I think now the ingredient label is coming up again for discussion. Uh, so one, one or the other will happen, either in an ingredient or at some point. Look, there's so many people making natural wine now that there's no way the EU is a governing board and there's no way that it's going to escape. When you're grassroots, when you're tiny, you can go underneath the radar. But right now, natural wine is so big. So there is one other thing. It might get so big and it just might so it may become irrelevant it may just become irrelevant because the impact of natural wine on the rest of the world will be so huge about wine making that maybe it's just gonna be considered wine. And so maybe there will be specific label for wines that have absolutely no sulfite. And then maybe that will be considered truly the only natural wine. And the rest will just be wine.
1: Okay, uh, thank you very much for your time. So, this concludes our series of interviews for this natural wine special. With the number of wines being made through techniques that have little to do with the natural wine movement, it's easy to see why a group of producers has decided to seek the official recognition of natural wine. For many, however, the definition of natural wine is a much more holistic one and has as much to do with production techniques as it has with the wine growers eaters and even perhaps with the personal involvement of the consumer in researching the product and understanding the producer's philosophy. Eventually, what we all agree on is that the definition of natural wine is a particularly tricky one to formalise. To some degree, the debate around the regulation of natural wine resembles that of craft beer, which has become increasingly more complicated to define as the movement got more mainstream and globalised. Today, there doesn't seem to be one single unique, official definition of craft beer that can work for uh, all countries and cultures. And I'm expecting a similar future for natural wine. Despite all the criticism, however, the new Vatmectort Nature certification will certainly benefit natural wine producers by helping them to reach more consumers, especially in the retail sector. So it's likely they will soon be seeing more certifications being introduced. Also, the involvement of the French um, National Institute of Origin and Quality, the body that regulates all French wine denominations from Bordeaux to Champagne, has really created a precedent which will probably lead other countries um, to follow suit. The Van Metal Nature Charter and any further official certification that might appear in the future are going to influence the way educators, Journalists, sommeliers and wine professionals in general are going to talk about natural wine, how they will approach the subject and communicate it to the public. What shape or form this is exactly going to have, though, it's still too early to tell. This is InBab News editor Jacopo Mateo, and you have listened to a Sip Advisor podcast special. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <music>
0: for listening to the Sip Advisor podcast brought to you by Imbibe UK, the leading magazine and
1: website for the UK drinks industry.
0: If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and help your colleagues and friends discover the show by sharing and writing a review.
1: You'll find more relevant content on our website at imbibe.com, where you can also sign up for a free copy of our quarterly print magazine and weekly newsletter. And please follow us on social media at
2: imbibe.uk.
0: And if you wish to get in touch, send us some feedback, comments or ideas. You can reach us on podcast at imbibe.com.